Looks, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellett and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A place down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Touchback. Touchdown. And it's intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey. It is Tuesday night, September 27th, 2022. Another brand new episode of the Boiler Breakdown podcast streaming live on the Boiler Breakdown Facebook page, Twitter page, and YouTube channel. Subscribe, like, hit the notification bell, do all that good stuff if you haven't already. No Evan Webb here tonight, but myself, Tanner Lee, and one of my other co-hosts, Andrew Eiler, got you covered. Andrew, what's going on? Not much. How you doing, Tim? Doing all right. Doing all right. Um, got a Purdue win over the weekend. It wasn't a comfortable win, but it beats the uh, beats the opposite. Yeah. I don't know. We we were talking briefly before this, and I uh, at, at Saturday night after this game, I did not feel too uh, did not feel too good. I think a lot of people viewed this game as, wow, I've never had a victory feel so much like a loss, but which is easy to feel that way. But I just, you know, jokingly after the game, I said, knew it all along. <laughs> if you, yeah. Except if you go back to our predictions again, of course, we didn't know that Aiden O'Connell would not be playing at that right. time. But I think we all predicted pretty large victories. Yeah, I think uh, we, we did, I think, last week's episode on, what was it, on Thursday? Thursday. And, and the news broke like news that. Broke. Yeah. Not even really. It didn't really break. There were rumors. It didn't yeah. really come out until like Saturday morning when it was like official that he's like actually questionable. But there were rumors Thursday night, Friday that he was questionable. And a lot of times when the rumors start on message boards, you kind of just push them to the side. But then when a uh, golden black rider actually kind of says where there's smoke, there's fire. It's like, oh boy, okay, yeah. all right. Thad Mooney says there was a vic- that was a victory. Burn all tapes. Always- I think you even I think you or Evan I don't know texted that that was it kind of almost felt like the Ricardo Allen Daryl Hazel in, was at Indiana State. Yep, back in Had 2013 to, when he needed almost him. felt like that a pick to kind of stop the to kind of prevent them from scoring in the end to take to win. Yeah, not not quite that, but I mean, kind of. I mean, they were had the ball down too. And yeah, the defense it, got to stop, but yeah. I don't know. And the thing is, um, the thing is, this you know, Florida Atlantic's had some good teams in the past with Lane Kiffin and, and some other guys, but this is a Florida Atlantic team that got smashed just the week prior to Central Florida, forty to fourteen, lost by three to Ohio. And you, I mean, it comes down to the final wire. It just. I don't know, kind of unsettling, but yeah. I mean, there there was some positives to take away from it too. Um, we can get into those yeah. in a little bit, but yeah, let's uh, be more positive. We we're yeah. pretty negative after the Syracuse game, and then I think we're already starting off pretty negative here. Well, and I think, um, and that was another thing Evan and I were talking about was, I guess, the coaches were saying they had a tough time getting the guys up this past week in practice after that Syracuse game. 
Hmm. So I didn't hear that. I don't know. Hmm. Hopefully, hopefully a win gets them going a little bit. But uh, you know, I thought it was it was going to be an interesting game going in. We saw the line move from like twenty one to tw- from twenty one twenty two ish down to 16, 16. 16 and a half, 17, yeah. No matter what what book you're looking at. It, it, and that was the news that Aiden O'Connell was out with what I believe is in a rib injury. They never really said what no, it was. No, and I, I think I heard on Monday at Brahms press conference he said he wouldn't reveal for his safety, which makes yeah, I don't that's I don't know. I get that, but Jeff never gives a lot of injury report. As I mean, he probably shouldn't for the opposition. We've had Purdue coaches in the past that have like just thrown everything out there to the opponents. It's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> but. Uh, but he Jeff actually said in his Monday press conference that Aiden actually injured got injured the first quarter of the Syracuse game. Mm-hmm. So he played toughed it out that whole Syracuse game. Yeah, and even and, a little bit in practice last week. And I think he he even kind of yeah acknowledged like, super tough tough guy, and then mm-hmm. he also said adrenaline. Didn't realize how hurt he was until after the game. A couple hours later, you kind of calm down and you realize like, man, I'm pretty sore. So, so going into the game, everybody's like, all right, so are they going to roll with sixth-year senior uh, Austin Burton, who's never started at Purdue, but he has one college start under his belt that was at UCLA, or are they going to go with the Richard sophomore, unexperienced Michael Alimo? And the answer was Austin Burton, even though we did see a series of action from Alimo. Um, I thought Burton played all right. Um, I thought he did well with what he was asked. He made one big mistake, which was a really bad interception when Purdue was going in to take a two-score lead. But besides that, I, I thought he managed the offense pretty well. Just a whole different skill set he has than O'Connell. Mm-hmm. I um, I know we were talking. I was kind of off and on the first half, being able to see much, but was following along. It's definitely, yeah, fine. I mean, managed the game, like we said, other than that one one pick in the fourth quarter, I think, that. Ill-advised throw, but um, I was surprised he didn't, at least from what I remember, he didn't run it as much as I would have expected. I know he made some plays a little bit, but I guess, okay, eight carries for 15 yards, but I don't know. I thought there would have been, and it was a long of 10. Um, I would have thought there would have been a little more designed run or kind right. of, but, but I guess they're having so much, I mean, Dylan Downing and Devin Maccabee headed or kind of getting his, getting six to eight yards it seemed like kind of at will so they didn't really need to do as much qb design run to kind of get the run game going but uh yeah i think he did fine i thought we'd see alimo a little more than just that one series yeah um alimo's one for two for uh zero yards bird was 21 for 29 for 166 yards three touchdowns one interception uh two of those touchdowns was were to his roommate charlie jones who uh, had his worst game as a Boilermaker, but still a very good game. Nine catches for 59 yards, two touchdowns. T.J. Sheffield was the other one who called in the touchdown. He had two receptions for 22 yards. But it was nice yeah. to see Maccabi get into the uh, receiving a little bit, receiving category, four catches for 59 yards. Most of that yardage was on a wheel route. But he also had six carries for 37 yards. And like you said, Dylan Dylan Downing at 15 carries for 113 yards and a touchdown. That was what was a, a pleasant surprise, I guess, to see that second half where Purdue was able to get five yards. Like no matter, they're just big holes, and it was okay. They're not. They weren't getting touched until they were four yards down, at least four or five yards past the line of scrimmage, which was new. New hasn't haven't seen that in a few years. Yeah, it was. I mean, this was probably Purdue's best attack on the ground since probably a 2019 bucket game. 
Which does that – I mean, okay, so like all we've talked about, okay, Burton played pretty well, managed the game, pretty ran the ball well, yet still needed a fourth down <laughs> fumble in yeah. the fourth quarter with a minute left to beat Florida Atlantic. Yeah, I know. I know. It was – It was. I came out of the game more concerned about the defense than I was the offense. Um, the defense just poor tackling once again. Um, it almost looks like some of the guys are flying around too aggressively at times with their pursuit angles and they're just running past the ball carriers. Um, another stupid personal foul penalty. I mean, we only got one, but it's bad when I'm sitting here on a podcast saying, hey, we only got one personal <laughs> foul this game. Uh, I, was, I will say I saw that one, it was bad, but it also was semi-bang-bang. Like, I think it was a bad pass that the receiver had it, kind of dropped it, and I think the guy kind of – I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say, like, is it a fumble? Did he hear the whistle? Who knows? I mean – Benefit of the doubt, like that one. That one was not nearly as bad as of the other personal fouls. You're right. Three games, right. but it couldn't really cost Purdue. That's what I'm uh, saying. The timing of it was just yeah, like I don't, third I don't down. Remember. Was it I third think, down? I don't I remember. Think it, was. it was about to be a stop. Yeah, and then they did score. I mean, I think they scored like five plays later. Like, yeah. and they kind of gouged the defense and marched down the field pretty easily after that. If I remember, it was like but a. It yeah. was. It was just the defense, and I know. I know they're missing some guys. I mean, Purdue in total right now, they they were missing quite a few starters on Saturday, but. Um, that's still really no excuse. Uh, Florida Atlantic's quarterback, uh, Nicozy Perry, who I believe played at Miami, Florida before transferring to Florida Atlantic. He was yep. 18 for 30 for 230 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, which was intercepted by Chris Jefferson, which was a big play in the game. He also that had 13 was, yep. carries for 93 yards. Which is, I mean, back-to-back weeks. Of quarterback. I don't I don't know. The Syracuse, I, forget, I can't remember. I've already yeah. forgotten about them. Yep. I hate that that guy's name, but I know he carried the ball like 18 times, and mm-hmm. um, I don't think he got like a ton of yards per carry, but it was like he got close to 100 yards, I think. So back to back weeks of QBs kind of doing more of the damage. So I mean, again, containing the running backs. I mean, their starting running back Larry McCammon, 16 carries, 45 yards. I mean, pretty comparable to uh, according to Syracuse All American Heisman candidate uh, mm-hmm. Tucker, mm-hmm. Uh, who had like 40 yards too. So. Um, I thought, um, of course, I thought Jefferson had a good game. I thought, uh, Wahlberg, I thought he was a player to game on defense, not only for his forced fumble at the end, but he tipped the pass uh, that got intercepted by Chris Jefferson earlier in the fourth quarter. He had seven tackles, led all boiler defenders and tackles. Um, which is nice to see. Nice to see him out there. Um, Retro Jr. Uh, besides that, I didn't really think anybody stood out on defense. Uh, it was, it was um, concerning to see the lack of pass rush. No sacks. Yep. No sacks against a two, uh, and two tackles for loss. Against a, I think they're in the conference USA. Yeah, conference USA. Conference USA offensive line, and now you're going to go against Big Ten offensive lines the rest of the way home. A huge offensive line coming up this weekend in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That's concerning. I mean, we all knew the pass rush was going to take a step back, losing George Karloftis, who not only was just an absolute stud, but he helped other guys benefit from him taking on the double and triple teams. But I didn't think it would regress this bad. Yeah. I mean, we knew, yeah, you don't have the star power, but they've always talked. I mean, Mark Hagan and the old defensive staff have talked about the depth. And I know that took a hit with uh, Dijon, Dion Lewis. Dijon mm-hmm. Lewis, I don't remember how to say his first name, but he, I mean, he got hurt, broke his ankle. 
two weeks before week one or something. So that was a, but it was also something that they could absorb that. But I mean, some of the other guys, Lawrence Johnson, I don't even know if we've said his name on the show the first three weeks. Not much. I know he had, I just looked him up. I was like, does he play? Yeah, four tackles. Yeah. But so he's there and he's fine. I'm sure he's fine, but just not making the noticeable big play, which is not, not always a bad thing. I mean, right. But, right. Well, and, and, and our defensive backs just didn't have a very good game. I mean, I, besides Chris Jefferson, who had the pick, but a lot of the I, other I guys are getting beat. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Trice got beat on a couple of plays. Kim Allen got beat. Guys that don't normally get beat too much were getting beat over the top. It, it seemed like the, the last the, the last couple of games, I mean, okay, Penn State and then, and then take out, throw out the second week, but against Syracuse, it seems like the cornerbacks have kind of been a little bit of a mm-hmm. weakness. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly that last play of the Syracuse game where I know Bryce Hampton on an island but just got burned. But, yep. I mean – I kind of send same thing. The second half here, some wide open mm-hmm. receivers. Yep. So, so that wasn't good. Another, and I know I'll, I'll get to some positives. We've been kind of hit on a few, but <laughs> another negative was uh, Mitchell Finneran right now just can't find it. It looks like he's lost his confidence. I couldn't tell if his uh, 47 yard attempt got tipped or not, but either way, it was a miss short. Um, I think Brom even said Monday in his press conference, got to give him some more live action during practice. So, yeah, I think he commented that he's not hitting it super solid right now. I don't. So, I couldn't tell if it was it was, it was definitely wobbling. If he either, yeah, like he said, either did hit solid or it was someone got a finger on it. I don't know. But on the flip side, I thought Jack Ansel punted it well. So he had like a seventy yarder in there. Yeah, he other than other than his last punt when Purdue they, when Purdue gave the ball back that he hit that he hit a fifty yarder when he yeah. only needed to hit thirty yards. Right, yeah. right, right. He did hit that that boomer you were talking about at one point. Yeah. So, so I mean that was a positive. I I do like that they finally stopped having Charlie Jones Jones return kicks and put Dion Burks back there. I thought Burks I, showed some good acceleration because Jones started the game returning kicks, but yeah, I thought he had one, didn't he? He took, he took a punt. A big, hit a long punt. Yeah, he had three punt okay. returns. He took a big hit on a kick return. I think they're like, okay, yeah, we're not doing yeah. that anymore. It's kind of like Rondell when they finally moved him off of returns because he's too valuable. You can't have him out there getting banged up on a kick return. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I would like to see the ball get spread around a little more. Um, Marshawn uh, yeah. Rice didn't get a single target the other day. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, most of it was Charlie Jones, of course, uh, but um, Sheffield a little bit. Uh, Mockaby, I mean, Mockaby was second with four catches on the team. Payne Durham had four catches as Payne well, Durham, but it, yeah. it was hard. So, I mean, like a, like you said, Burton was fine, but it was all mm-hmm. short. He did throw – there was one deep ball that they had. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who, if it was Burks or who it was. It was single coverage. To Charlie Jones, I think. Maybe it was Charlie Jones at the – on yeah. the. I don't remember when it was. It was one that was like finally – but – that the ZB had great coverage and there was no chance other than Jones making some spectacular catch. But I was like, at least they threw it deep. Right. Um, that's what, that's just that the offense misses without O'Connell clearly is that they just don't have that intermediate to deep passing game with everything with Burton was underneath short, short throws, which is fine. But I think we've seen that with Purdue struggled over the quarterbacks for the years, especially. And then when you're, now getting into October when Purdue is not a strong running team. Everybody knows that. If Purdue does not have O'Connell, then the field becomes very condensed, and then Purdue's offense is going to really struggle. 
When Alimo came in, the first thing he did was try to throw deep, but I don't even remember who he attempted his pass to. He locked in on him right away, and his eyes didn't leave him. So. That's that's why I thought we'd see Alimo more, was that, that he could have that better deep ball. Yeah. But then Burton threw a couple. I mean, he had that one, and I don't know if he had another one or not, but I'm not, I mean, 21, uh, 21 completions for 166 yards is – Pretty Not conservative, yeah. yeah. Pretty pretty conservative, but but it's a back. It's a backup making his first start at school. I mean, I didn't expect a ton. Um, yeah, no word on O'Connell yet this week. It was reported today by Tom Dean Hurt that he was in uniform at the end of practice today. So take that for what it's worth. That seems like a good sign on a Tuesday, I would say. Um, Even when I know it was just rumors by people on the board that didn't have any, they were saying questionable for Saturday. This was Thursday before anything really came out, even officially they said questionable for Thursday or for this as Friday, Saturday, whatever. Um, but should be good to go the following week, which right. again, is what I kind of, we're hoping with Graham and King Doru and O'Connell is like, okay, like if they're questionable for Florida Atlantic, Purdue shouldn't need them. <laughs> almost did. Out, yeah. I almost was like, Oh, can like O'Connell play like the first half and Purdue can get up by 14 and then coast. I don't know, but. And, and, and the whole time when Florida Atlantic had the ball at the end, I'm like, they're going to end up kicking a field goal to win this game. I've seen it too many times. I've seen it too many times. Thankfully, I was wrong. But uh, yeah. Purdue didn't make it easy on themselves. Even at the very end, trying to t- kneel to win the game, they fumbled. Oh, my Thank gosh. goodness he fell on it. I, had you ever seen that? I kind of forgot about that until you said that. I've never seen a fumble on a kneel. I mean, the only other time is the classic NFL highlight when the Giants did it against the Eagles and Herm Edwards picked it up and ran it in. But that's the only other time I've ever – I've never seen it live. No, I've never seen one live. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and then when we were watching uh, – Isabel and I were watching the end of the Packers-Buccaneers game Sunday and she's like, oh, they're victory formation, like kneeling. I was like, I mean, Purdue about lost one last 24 hours ago doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had an interesting week as a Purdue and Pack, a Packers fan. I had an interesting week as a Purdue and Broncos fan. So, <laughs> ooh, uh, two ones, you're like, all right, burn the tape, never talk about it again, but a win's a win, I guess. So, uh, But now Purdue goes on the road to open up. Well, they already opened up Big Ten play week one, but to open up Big Ten play the rest of the way out against a team that's red hot. The 4-0 Minnesota Golden Gophers, they look like the cream of the crop for the West as of right now. They're ranked in the top 25, ranked 21. Um, Yeah, this series has not been kind to Purdue. Minnesota's won eight of the last nine, including four out of the last five years uh, when P.J. Flex been head-to-head with Jeff Brom. They've mostly been close games. Last year's game was 20-13 to Minnesota. year before, 34-31 Minnesota. year before that, 38-31 uh, Minnesota. 2018 was a bloodbath, 41-10. And then 17, Brom's first year after a uh, storm delay. Purdue did pull that one out with a late Juwan Bentley pick six, 31-17. But it's just interesting because this was a series Joe Tiller absolutely dominated in his time at Purdue. But ever since then, Minnesota's had the upper hand, and Purdue's never won at this stadium that opened up in 2009. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I, I hate I hate watching this game. I hate when they show P.J. Fleck, and it just sucks that they, he's kind of owned Purdue in his Five plus years now, six years at, at Minnesota. It does, it does. He's annoying. But he's a good football coach. I don't think any of us can no can dispute and that at this point. At, but. I will say at least his uh, his shtick at least has appeared to either calm down or nobody cares and nobody covers it anymore like they did five years ago. 
And, I haven't heard anything about row the boat for a long time. And is it just me or did that guy had some kind of off season work? He doesn't look this look like the same person. I kind of avoid PJ Flex, so I don't know if I, I still picture what he looked like five years ago. I guess he doesn't. I don't, know. I don't know. I mean, if if he didn't, I apologize. But I definitely <laughs> think he had something something done. You're gonna get a you're gonna get a letter in the mail, Tanner. You're being sued. That's all right. Flag. <laughs> Raining on there, PJ. I've said things worse about him. So, uh, but the Golden Govers are rolling. Vegas is loving them right now. I, I think what's the line? Twelve and a half. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's yeah, twelve and a half. Yeah. I wonder that, how much it would drop if if the news comes plays, out that O'Connell's yeah. playing. I don't know. Maybe maybe a couple points, but yeah, I don't know. Especially. Uh, after Minnesota rolling, what did it open? It did not open at twelve and a half. No, I it, it opened didn't. at like it eight out, or something. It did, but then it jumped in a yeah. day up there. So I bet with O'Connell, a touchdown is what I think it should be, or something like that. And I mean, with Purdue struggling with Florida Atlantic without O'Connell, I mean that's where I, I said without like before we got on, if without O'Connell, I I I don't know if I'll watch this game. Well, really, and really, I mean O'Connell's definitely Purdue's main player. They can't have can't not have out there he's their best player but you know on defense Jalen Graham's their best player and they've been playing without him so they really need both guys back um but I I even with Aiden I don't feel that good about this game but I feel a lot better of course yeah Uh, defensively Tanner Morgan's not going to run the ball like the last two quarterbacks but he has carved Purdue up back in 2019 I think he threw one incompletion against them last week against Michigan State he only had two or three incompletions so he's starting to get in his groove again yeah, how do you how would you compare Tanner Morgan to Sean Clifford? Very similar. Um, yeah. I would say Tanner Morgan is in a little more of a groove right now, but very similar careers, very up and down careers. That's that's kind of what, I, and they've been there forever. Yes, yes. Um, that's kind of what, which is also like I know more. I don't know, was it two years ago that Tanner Morgan because he had been there forever and like he's going to have a great year and then he kind of flopped. Yeah, and last year too. And it was Clifford, and Clifford yeah. they were hyped up and they didn't Same. do much. Um, of course, he has his great running back, Ibrahim, um, mm-hmm. back Ibrahim. off of Achilles' tear he did week one against Ohio State last year. Doesn't have his favorite target, Chris Ottenham Bells, out for the year. Got hurt two weeks ago. But like I said, that didn't matter didn't, up in East nope. Lansing. I mean, I thought Michigan State was going to win a close one there. And Minnesota was favored. I'm like, why is Minnesota favored? They go in and just smoke them. 34 to 7, yeah. Which it could be, you know, maybe Michigan State's not that good. Maybe we'll find out more about them when they go to Maryland this weekend. But because, you know, I don't like Minnesota. You don't like Minnesota. Evan doesn't like Minnesota. A lot of people don't like Minnesota. I didn't want to give them a bit the benefit of the doubt going in last week. I kept saying, well, they haven't played anybody. Well, then they played an opponent that the last few years has been pretty good mm-hmm. up on the road and shellacked them. So I'm like, okay, maybe they are pretty good. So, mm-hmm. It'll be an interesting one. It's a noon game, um, ESPN two. Purdue, Purdue's got back to back noon ESPN two games next week against Maryland. I believe is also noon um, ESPN two. The Syracuse mm-hmm. game was noon, so they like the road noon games. All of a sudden, um, no idea on the uniform combination. I mean, white jerseys, but no no idea if they're going to be gold or black helmets, gold or black pants. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to this one. I don't know. I think I think with O'Connell, I'm I'm pretty optimistic O'Connell plays just because it didn't seem like it was all that serious. And if it, but then again, I don't know. It seems like with with under Brom with the six years that there's always like, oh maybe maybe next week like Ronda Lorenzo Neal, 
Maybe next week. Maybe he'll be ready <laughs> yeah. to play. Maybe oh, he's ready to play. Actually, actually, he's done for the year. I forgot about that. Rondell Moore, maybe next week. Maybe not this week. Not this week. Next week. Yeah. Uh, he's actually done for the year. Yeah. Yep. I, I, yeah, Rondell Moore is doing that to my fantasy team right now in the yeah. pros. So, which um, I get. I know we said that. We get that with yeah. Abram playing it close to the chest, but still like. Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of like, if he's going to be done, like just be, get it out there and be done and move on and then quit talking about it. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, if, if O'Connell plays, I think Purdue can definitely hang in there. And it, would it shock me if Purdue wins? No. Because Jeff Brom's team is good about doing that, especially on the road. They seem to play better on the road than they do at home for some reason. So we've seen them do it. We, we've seen them upset top 25 teams. So it wouldn't shock me. But just the way Purdue played on Saturday. Um, and really, it has played so far this year. That's that's why it's got me not feeling too optimistic. Yeah, I just think with with O'Connell, Purdue could have this, the possibility of scoring forty points, and yeah, yeah, Purdue's defense could give up fifty points. But yeah, Purdue needs at to least jump with forty, on, it should be in it. They need to jump yeah. on them early. I think if Minnesota gets on Purdue early, then they're just going to try to bleed it out with their running game because they'll probably pop off some big runs. Um, if Purdue could establish any sort of run game, that could go a long ways. But Minnesota's definitely the Florida Atlantic. Yeah. Because their defense has been playing well. So. Yeah. The only thing I can picture that I think about with Minnesota is their offensive line because I know the last couple of years they had that – I think that guy's in the NFL now. They're whatever left Humongous, tackle or left guard yeah. that was 370 pounds or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna. Purdue's gonna have to get some turnovers. They're definitely gonna have to get pressure on Tanner Morgan. I mean, if they don't get a pass rush like, you know, or if they have a pass rush similar to Florida Atlantic, which was non-existent, he'll just sit that back there and pick them apart. So, yep, gotta be an interesting one for sure. Well, you want to pick some uh, games around the Big Ten around the country? Sure. All right. Before we do that, let's uh, give a read to one of our sponsors here. Um, let's see here. That would be Mad Mushroom, who's back with our podcast for another year. They've been uh, on our board, I think, three years now, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe just two years, but I think three years. Um, anyways, uh, when you when you go to Mad Mushroom, who is the in the heart and soul of Purdue, serving Boilermakers since 1993. They're known as the home of the original cheese stick, but of course, whenever I like to go, I like to sit down and have an ice cold beer while trying out their latest pizza of the month, which you can only take advantage of the rest of this week. The pizza of the month is Josh's Tasty Meatballs. It's their traditional pizza sauce topped with meatballs, onions, banana peppers, mozzarella cheese, and finished with a hot sauce drizzle served with a side of ranch, and that is starting at... $14, $14, so get two of those bad boys. That would put your order over $20. Then you can just tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you, or if you're ordering online, you can use the coupon code BREAK5. That's all caps, B-R-E-A-K-5, for $5 off any order over $20. If you only want one pizza, just get one and make sure to get some cheese sticks. Got to get some, get some cheese sticks. That is a must. But like I said, just if you're in person, tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you, or... If you're ordering online, use discount code BREAK5. That'll get you $5 off any order over $20. That's Mad Mushroom. Online at madmushroom.com. Feed your head. 
We're thankful to have them back on board this year. Great people, great food. All right, Andrew. Big Ten games around the country. Illinois at Wisconsin. Who would have guessed that Wisconsin was going to have two losses already four weeks into the season? But here we are. Illinois is sitting with a 3-1 and record. On the road, Wisconsin's seven-point favorite. Who do you like? I think this is a uh, – hopefully, I don't know. I, I, I think because of our friend Josh, I'm kind of rooting pretty hard against Illinois for pretty much everything now, <laughs> which is kind of hard to say, even though I, I mean, don't, don't particularly like Wisconsin either. But I, I kind of hope Wisconsin is blowing them out. I don't know why. I think Wisconsin wins by about 10 to 13 points. Um, yeah. It would be a huge win for Bielema, not only for himself, but for his program if they could go up to Camp Randall and get one. But I think Wisconsin's going to be angry. I mean, they not only got beat at the horseshoe, they got smashed. Yeah, which was not surprising. No, everybody I does. Mean, but yeah, like Ohio State is just its own own class in the Big Ten, so not surprising. That, that doesn't happen often to Wisconsin, was, I guess what I was trying to say. Yeah, no, I agree. Then we got number four, Michigan, traveling to – Kinnick to face the three and one Iowa Hawkeyes, who actually decided to score a few points against Rutgers over the weekend. The defense, the defense did still have a scoop and score. <laughs> You're right, and I mean, You're I think right. the defense still scored several. <laughs> scored You're right; they helped them. out Spencer Petrus big time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Iowa has won five of their last six home matchups against AP top five ranked teams. That includes Michigan. Last time they went to um, Kinnick back in 2016. But I think this Michigan offense is too high-powered. They're 11-point favorites. I think they cover that at Iowa. Yeah, I think they do too. I don't. I still. I don't think the Iowa offense scores more than like seven points. Yeah. So I think the final. I think twenty. I think eleven is going to be pretty close. I think it's going to be uh, like twenty-four to ten or something. I think it's going to be twenty-four to twenty-four to ten or twenty-one ten something like that. And we have the putrid one and three Northwestern Wildcats. Them and Colorado are probably the worst two Power Five teams out there. Can't put Kansas in that mix anymore. They're sitting four and zero, just outside the top twenty-five. If they were named anybody else except Kansas, they probably would be in the top twenty-five. They travel to take on the number eleven ranked four and zero Penn State Nittany Lions. Penn State is a 20, twenty-seven point and a half, yeah. favorite, and I think they cover. That's how bad I think Northwestern is. One and zero in the Big Ten Northwestern, though. <laughs> yeah, they beat Nebraska. Not on home soil. On home soil, they can't win. They can't beat Duke. They can't beat Southern Illinois. And they can't beat Miami Ohio. <laughs> All at home. Yeah, I think they. I think I think Penn State covers that. Yeah, it's gonna be ugly for Pat Fitzgerald. Just keeps getting me. worse. Gets worse and worse for the big the West, the Big Ten West. Yeah, it's not not pretty. <laughs> Two and two Michigan State, two losses in a row to Washington and to Minnesota. They travel to three and one Maryland, who is a seven and a half point favorite. Seems like a lot. Do you think that's like kind of what you said? Maybe Michigan State isn't as good as we were expecting. You think that's kind of an overreaction of Michigan State? I do. I think. Or are they really not that good? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, but I, I just have a feeling Michigan State's got to rebound and bounce back and win this one. I don't know why. Maybe I'm not buying into Maryland. I should. They're very speedy. But Michigan State's lost two in a row. They should be angry. If they lose three in a row, watch out. It could be a could be a long season for Mel Tucker up there. Yeah, I, I think Maryland gets this one, but I don't, I don't think they cover that. I think it's a pretty close game and comes down to the final drive. I think they get them in the fourth. 
We got three and one Rutgers, who, like I said earlier, got handed their first loss of the season at hands to the Iowa Hawkeyes, traveling to four and zero, number three in the country, but could be asterisk because I really think they're playing like number one right now. Ohio State, who is a forty and a half point favorite. Uh, that seems like so. That's so much to cover. I know. I I think Ohio State drills them and has beaten them by that much at one time, but then they put the backups in and milk it a little bit. So yeah, I think, I think Rutgers I think, covers that. Yeah, same. I, I, Forty is so much to win a conference game by. Like that's said. crazy. But I don't know. They're number three in the country. They need. They need to keep. They're yeah, not gonna I mean, not gonna lay it up. And they're gonna win by sixty. I don't know. Look at Georgia. They were forty-five point favorites over Kent State and won by seventeen. So. Yeah. All right, yeah. Then we got the uh, night game of the Big Ten this week. Three and one Indiana, who was handed their first loss of the season to Cincinnati, at one and three Nebraska. But Nebraska's a five and a half point favorite in this one. That's that's shocking. I think I Nebraska gets Lincoln, it done. But, um, I think they get it done coming off a bye week, an extra week of prep for the Hoosiers. I think I think Nebraska gets it done. And they cover. Yeah, they'll win by seven to ten. So I think they cover. I'd, I'd I'd go for that. I'd, I'd I'd be happy with that. I know a few people that I've been talking to uh, that like Indiana. They don't think Indiana's going to win another game. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't I'd be know. okay with me. <laughs> I don't really like either one of those teams. <laughs> well, I definitely don't like but one or the other one. Does it make you feel any different that Frost isn't there with Nebraska? I don't care. I'm indifferent to Nebraska now. Oh, I I I mean. We do have a friend that's a Nebraska fan, but, but yeah. <laughs> you know, I know two Nebraska fans that are good people. But besides that, I like to see their fans whine, so it's fine. I don't. I only know one Nebraska fan, and he's fine. So, got some top twenty-five games. Some are really bad games. Some are pretty good games. We got a Friday night matchup. Four and number fifteen Washington travels to play future Big Ten member four and UCLA Chip Kelly, and Washington's a three-point favorite. At the Rose Bowl, Mike, former IU Hoosier Michael Penix Jr. slinging it. He is looking good. Yeah, I think Washington gets it done. I do too. I Rose Bowl is not a hostile environment whatsoever. Nobody goes to those games, so. especially Friday night in LA. Yeah, there's a lot of things. things you better do. things to do. Yeah. Number eighteen, three and one Oklahoma coming off to an upset loss at the hands of Kansas State. They travel to play 3-0 TCU. Oklahoma is a six-and-a-half point favorite. I know nothing about TCU. Um, Sonny Dykes is their coach. Yeah. Was he the coach when Purdue played TCU? No, that was Gary Patterson. He finally retired or quit or resigned after forever last year. I think Oklahoma covers that. I do, too. I do, too. Texas Tech coming off a big double overtime win against Texas. 3-1, and one, travels to number 25, newly ranked Kansas State, 3-1. and one. Adrian Martinez leading the show there for the Wildcats. Seems like he's been around forever, too. He has. K-State's <laughs> an eight-point favorite. Uh, I'm going to go with the upset there. I think Texas Tech keeps rolling. I'll take K-State. I took the Texas Tech over Texas last week, but I'll, I'll take K-State in this one. Okay. I like what they're doing. Fun game here. 4-0, number 7th-ranked Kentucky. Kind of had a tough time against Northern Illinois. At number 14, 4-0, Ole Miss. 
Ole Miss is a six and a half point favorite. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I know. I guess six and a half seems like a lot. I know at, at in, in Mississippi, but I'll take I'll take Kentucky. I'll take the Rebels here. I'll take Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, but should be a good one. Oregon State almost had USC, but USC handed them their first loss of the year. Three and one travels to number twelve. Three and one Utah. Utah's a ten and a half point favorite. I like the Utes, but I think Oregon State covers that. You think they cover? You've been you've been the biggest Utes fan I know, Tanner, for two. Well, years. you know, I had them in my playoff this year. Week one, they go down to Gainesville and lose. I'm like, well, thanks for nothing. So I really like their coach. I think he does a great yeah. job out there. I, I think Utah covers that. And... Good one in ACC country, 3-1, and one, number 22, Wake Forest, who got beaten overtime by Clemson, 51-45. They traveled a 4-0, number 23, Florida State, who is a mm. seven-point favorite. Let's go. Uh, let's go with Wake. Give me the Demon Deacons. All right, I'll, I'll take the Seminoles. I think I think they're getting close to being back. Yeah, getting close to being back. Too much not talent. Taking a not 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 a Brad Lambert fan. Oh, I am. I I, I mean, I still wish he was with Purdue, but um, I hope he does well. Yeah. I saw somebody on the board giving. Oh yeah, we want the guy who gave up fifty-one points to Clemson. I'm like, <laughs> Clemson does that to a lot of people. So what are you talking yeah. about? I don't know. Not not recently though. Not fifty-one. DJ, maybe, but. They're, I don't know, DJ, uh, Ukulele friends that, or whatever. Yeah, friends that are friends that are Clemson fans, and so watched a few Clemson games the last couple of years, and he is a freak athlete, but yep. uh, struggles to throw a little bit. So, yep. I mean, I know he's like six, he's like six five, like two hundred and fifty pounds, and runs like a four five, but yep, yeah, good one in Big Twelve country. Three and zero, number nine, Oklahoma State travels in. Three and one, number sixteen, Baylor, who is a two and a half point favorite. I like the Cowboys in this one. Yeah, uh, sure. No, I'm gonna go Baylor. I'm at home, Baylor. I'll I'll go the opposite for you. I'll get Baylor. I think they cover that. I think they win by three or four. Yeah, they cover that. Number two, four and zero, Alabama travels to Fayetteville to face the number twenty ranked three and one Arkansas Razorbacks at a heartbreak of a loss against A and M down Jerry's World. Uh, I've never seen a ball hit the top of an upright. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not. I, I, that was so weird. <laughs> weird things happen in college games in that stadium. I swear. Um, Alabama's a seventeen and a half point favorite, and I th- I think they'll win by. 17 to 20. So right right around yeah, that spread. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they cover that. I think they win that. I think it's more. I think it's, yeah, 24 plus. Yeah. We were just talking about AM. They are ranked 17, 3 and 1. They traveled to Starkville to face the 3 and 1 Mississippi State Bulldogs, who are a three and a half point favorite. You like Mike Leach over Jimbo? Uh, yeah. 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 I would take Mike Leach over. Jimbo in a, in a heart in a heartbeat. I think A and M's got too much talent. Yeah. I think I think they got a wake up call against App State. They've beat the U. They beat Arkansas. They can beat beat Mississippi State. That'll be three pretty good wins in a row. So yeah, yeah. I believe this is game day. Uh, number ten, NC State four and zero travels to number five four and zero Clemson. Clemson six and a half point favorites. I uh, I think they covered that. I think Clemson covers. I do too. I think NC State's good, but I think Clemson's the cream of the crop in that conference. 
Number one, Georgia. Do they cover the 28.5-point spread at 2-2 two and two Missouri? Yes. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so. How too. is it only 28? Probably because they I only mean, beat Kent State by 17, so. Yeah. I mean, Ohio State Rutgers is, what did we say, 40? <laughs> Do you, do you think the Herm Edwardless Arizona State Sun Devils can cover a 26-point spread on the road to number 6, 4-0, future Big Ten member USC? Well, I mean, when the assistant coaches aren't giving opposing teams <laughs> the plays or information, maybe they'll be a little, they'll play a little better. Awful. Awful. Yeah. I like what Lincoln Riley's doing. I like yeah. what Lincoln Riley's doing out there. So. Do you think they said they cover that? USC yeah, I'll take 26? USC and the, yeah, the points. I think it's like 21. I don't think they cover that. And lastly, the one and two Stanford tree or Stanford Cardinals. <laughs> they got the trees of mascots. Stanford Cardinal at number 13 ranked three and one Oregon, who is a 17 point favorite. David Shaw, you should have left for the NFL a long time ago. I think Give me Oregon the Ducks. Wins. Give me the easy. Ducks. Yeah, easy. Give me the Ducks. All right, we got to circle back around then. We never picked. Purdue, 2-2 two and two at number 21, 4-0 Minnesota, who is a 12-point favorite as of tonight. Are you assuming O'Connell pl- – okay, do you predict O'Connell plays or not? I do now. After reading that he was in uniform, going into the day, I'm like, nah, I think this is going to be Burton or Limo. But, uh, yeah, I think I think O'Connell guts it out and plays. I, that's, that was my Saturday when he was questionable. I said, okay, he's not going to play. And he wasn't playing. Like, it's fine. He'll be ready for Minnesota. And then after the – I think Brown's press game, post conference, post game, and then Monday was like, oh, it seems pretty unquestionable. I'm like, that right. didn't make me feel great. Um, but I, I think I'm with you. I think he plays. Yep, I, uh, I think he plays. I think Minnesota gets it done over Purdue. As you know, it's going to be probably end up being a close game with something crazy happening because that's what happens in these games. Um, maybe maybe something crazy will go right in Purdue's way. No, not unlikely up in Minnesota. Purdue's had a, some pretty bad luck up there. That's true. Not even in Justin football, but Payne. Oh, and, and, yeah, definitely in basketball. Yeah. Payne Durham said he still has not forgot about. The, he thinks about the uh, pass interference. I'm going to say in air quotes all the time. He did not play against Minnesota last year. He was hurt. So hopefully he has a big game. Well, I'm going to go Minnesota twenty. Seven Purdue twenty. I hope low, I'm wrong. That's pretty low scoring. I know. I hope I'm wrong. I'm. I'm. I. Uh, I'm with you. I don't feel. Don't feel very good. I don't. I don't. I don't think Purdue has a. Don't like Purdue's chances. In this one. We'll say that. I'll, I'm gonna. I think it's gonna be a little higher scoring. I think it's gonna be. Minnesota thirty-five, Purdue yeah twenty-eight something. I think Purdue scores a little bit, but then struggles to stop the run and then gets worn down in the second half. But I hope to be wrong, and I hope this is the start of a memorable October, like the Rose Bowl team two thousand had when they beat Michigan, Northwestern, Wisconsin, and Ohio State. I hope that Purdue can get through this gauntlet of Minnesota, Maryland, Nebraska, and Wisconsin. Um, Think it gets what would through. you, what one and two and two? What would you take? What would you at this point right now with seeing how Purdue is two and two at this point? With I would take two and two at the worst. I think you yeah. gotta be two and two if you want to. Oh yeah, make a bowl. But would you? Yeah. If if they went three and one, I'd be I'd be pretty darn happy. Yeah. Because if they go three and one, I think they could run the tables in November, and then end up with a uh, nine and three season. 
Maybe. So, see, I'm already talking myself into it. I'm already. Um, I, I know. Mean, <laughs> I mean, I keep, I keep, and I know Wisconsin lost to Ohio State, and and the Washington State team was playing really well, almost had Oregon. But I keep thinking maybe this is the year you get Wisconsin. I know it's up there though. Um, but but they got. I mean, they got three of the next four on the road. It's 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 yeah. a gone. it's a gone. And maybe and maybe it's the recency bias of how bad Purdue played two weeks ago. I don't know, bad, how much they gave that game away against Syracuse right. and then really not seeming all that impressive against Florida Atlantic. Right. That it's just like, man, the, the world – now we're starting this tough schedule and we've struggled through a probably fairly average Syracuse team and a Conference USA Florida Atlantic team like that you said has had some bad losses already. Right. Um, all right. So. Who knows? I mean, there's still a lot of time, and they did show. I mean, they had the show that they've got potential. It showed. I mean, Penn State and the Syracuse game. I mean, they looked pretty good for a lot of times, and then they gave some. Of the, they gave those games away. Right. That clean it up, and then it's then we're looking a little different. But right. I mean, uh, Purdue should be sitting here three and one right now, at the worst, maybe four and zero, oh, but but we're here, and they're two and two. So we got to live with it and keep moving forward. They can still have a. Really good year, maybe even a special year. But uh, if they want to make Indianapolis, it starts on Saturday. They have to find a way to get it done, I think. Yeah. And uh, I would wait. Well, I would wish for bad weather, but that doesn't help against Minnesota either. Last year it rained. Twenty eighteen, it snowed. Those games didn't turn out well. Either, uh, so. I don't. I think Purdue needs perfect weather because they need O'Connell to be able to <laughs> you're swing right. it. You're right. You're no. You're hundred percent correct. Purdue. Purdue needs O'Connell to throw for six hundred yards. Yeah. Yeah, they do, and, and and I'm sure he'd like to get his stats back up. He was fifth in the nation in passing yards until Saturday. Now Chuck Sizzle, Charlie Jones, his stats are still up there. Um, so I see he's leading the country in targets without a drop at 53. So mm-hmm. it's pretty good, pretty yeah. good one, pretty good one. So should show that Purdue can be. Hopefully, that leads to more recruiting success for high school and transfer wide receivers. That show look what look what Purdue's offense can do. I know. Just put the the thing of receptions for Big Ten team or been Big Ten through like four games. I think it's like Rondell Moore, Eric Decker, David Bell, and Charlie Jones. <laughs> Three Purdue guys and another guy, um, all, all NFL talent. So and Charlie should be next year too. So thanks, Coach Ferris. Thank you. Thank you. So before we wrap up our final thoughts, got to do our other sponsor read, which. Evan did not send me, so this is coming off the cuff tonight, and that is The Shop. The Shop is a great great shop um, located in uh, Carmel and Broad Ripple, I believe. Is that right, Andrew? Yep, uh, at least two, if not at least one two. more. At uh, least but, two for sure. But definitely online at theshopindy.com where you can use the promo code BREAKDOWN, all caps, for 25% off. Um, oh, I see we got an angry reaction on, on Facebook. Um, <laughs> um, for, for 25% off, uh, use co- promo code BREAKDOWN. That's at theshopindy.com. They got plenty of great Purdue apparel. You can back the likes of Aiden O'Connell, Payne Durham. You can get some retro Purdue gear. You can get the Let's Play Football shirt that Andrew has. You can get the vintage Purdue Pete shirt that both Andrew and I have. You can get some drinkware that Evan has. Plenty of great Purdue merchandise, not only for football, but for basketball season. Basketball practice started today, so Purdue uh, basketball can't come soon enough for a lot of us. Um, but also, if you're a fan of other colleges, Bulldogs, Hoosiers, Cardinals, etc., they have their T-shirts as well and apparel. Also, they have Indianapolis Colts, 
Indiana Pacers, Indy 500, concert venues, vintage bars, you name it, they probably got it if it's got to do with the state of Indiana. Go check them out at shopindy.com. Use promo code BREAKDOWN for 25% off your order, and we are happy to have them back on board this year. Final thoughts, Andrew? Football, basketball, anything? <laughs> No, just hopefully we don't get to see PJ Fleck running up and down, clapping on the sidelines. If, if so, then I'll be muting. I'll probably have the game on mute anyway, but I'll be turning. I might be turning it off. He's going to have his too much. vest on and his tie. And I see they're doing like color by color section, like maroon, gold, maroon, gold. So it's one of those games, uh, which is Purdue always seems to be part of those games. Um, what, one thing I did want to bring up that I forgot, good good crowd turnout Saturday night for homecoming. It was Purdue's 100th homecoming first night game in uh, homecoming history, and I thought the crowd turned out really well. So kudos to the crowd, especially the students who were there early, filled it up, and most of them were there till the very end. So Purdue's had great crowd and fan support the first three games of the year. Hopefully that continues the next three. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we can go up and uh, in, in, in Minnesota and – pull a top 25 upset and get this thing back on track and pull that plug on the boat and uh, sink that boat so PJ can't row it. So let's uh, boiler up, hammer down, and beat the Gophers.